This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Your next success begins with University of Maryland Global Campus. With no application fee if you apply by August 31st, there's never been a better time to focus on your future. UMGC offers 100% online and hybrid courses, personalized advising, affordable tuition, and more than 125 degrees and certificate programs in numerous career-relevant fields. Put yourself on the path to succeed again. Apply by August 31st and pay no application fee. Learn more at umgc.edu slash podcast. Certified to operate by Chev. Welcome back to another sparkling edition of that Millwall podcast as we step into the Lions Den with uh, a couple of players who entertained us uh, over the years. Uh, first of all, I'd like to welcome Robbie Ryan. Good evening, Robbie. How are you, mate? Not bad, mate, yourself? Yeah, not too bad. And uh, also joining us is Barry Cogan. How are you, Barry? I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Well... Yeah, but it's a bit of a Republic of Ireland feel here tonight. I'm the odd man out, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we'll start off with Robbie. Obviously, you were out of favour at Huddersfield, weren't you, in the first team? And uh, how did your move to Millwall come about in uh, January 1999, wasn't it? I think you joined us. No, yeah, it was 98 or 99. I can't even remember myself. It's, it's a long time ago now. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, as I said, I, I come back from, um, I think it was 98, whatever. Um, I come back from the World Cup with Ireland in the 20s and I went straight into Huddersfield's uh, first team, which I'd never played before. And um, I, just, I played shit. I just hadn't had a break for, for, for a year and a half in football and I come straight back in and I, just, I was just exhausted, to be honest. And um, the manager got sacked in and Peter Jackson come in. And obviously we were bottom of the table, so he was looking for experienced players and I sort of got dropped. And um, I think it was Dennis Build who was the assistant to Brian Horton at the time. I think he spoke to Billy Bonds and said, obviously I was out of favour. I think Billy Bonds was looking for a left back. So um, I think I'll come down to Millwall. Uh, might have been November, December um, for a week sort of training. And um, Billy said, oh, we'd like to sign you. But I think, I think he said... I think Huddersfield wanted a quarter of a million pounds for me at the time. <laughs> I think Billy said, obviously, in all disrespect, we're not going to be paying that for a left back. And I said, well, I didn't even know that's what he wanted. So I've gone back to Huddersfield um, and nothing was still happening. So I think I, I think I went to see Peter Jackson and said, listen, you obviously don't want me. I was on two or three hundred quid a week. I said, like, what's, what's the point in asking for a quarter of a million pounds? He said, I'm just going to be stuck here. So, um, yeah, I think, the, I think it was 10 grand or something. So I got a phone call, I think, on the Friday Friday morning, I told you, told you night. Um, yeah, you're signing for Millwall. So I, dro- I literally just got off the phone and drove down. And I signed, I think, maybe on a Friday morning. I trained and then, and then played played the game on the Saturday. So, yeah, I think it was all thanks to Dennis Build, that, um, the assistant that spoke to Billy Bonds and said I'd come down for a week, but uh, never materialised. And then probably three or four weeks later, um, I got a phone call, as I said, come to London. I literally just left me left left Huddersfield. And uh, drove to London and signed, and that was it. Playing it a day later, sailed down the way, nil nil, classic. <laughs> because it was quite a hard time, I think, for the club back then, wasn't it? I think you played in your first seven games. I don't think you're on the winning side. You must have felt like some kind of Jonah. Cheers for that, mate. I, did, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, or I, I do. Yeah, it was difficult times because, as I said, Billy was there. He was. He was. He was a lovely man, to be fair, and um, he, he was a winner, to be honest. But obviously being West Ham and that when I joined it was they were on his case but plus uh, the team wasn't doing well and anyhow um, as I said I think well, that was my first game at home but we drew a South End and then yeah. we played Grimsby who were top of the table but obviously Ward at the end Millwall should be beating teams like Grimsby no matter what um, I think we lost 1-0 and we, were, we get, got booed off the pitch we were getting booed during the game I'm thinking Maybe I should have been better off staying in Huddersfield and staying, staying in the reserves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was quite hard to be fair till um, I said I joined in January. So all the way to the end of the season, it wasn't a nice atmosphere, to be honest. Yeah, because I think you were competing with Jamie Stewart, weren't you, at the time? I think he was... It was Paul Was it Paul Cook, is that his name? Um, I think it was from Portsmouth. And then Jamie yeah. Stewart, at the end of the, at the, end of the season, um, obviously Billy Bonds left... And then Rhino took over, and then Rhino signed Jamie Stewart. So from the following year, um, it was Rhino who brought in Jamie Stewart. So I was competing with Jamie Stewart. But I think I think I think the left back was called Paul Cook, who could play left wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. physio or something, somewhere. Yeah, I was competing with him. Yeah. And yeah, but did you think? Yeah, but the fans are getting on everyone's back. Did you think, Christ Almighty, what have I come into here? Yeah, a little bit to be fair. Yes, I knew, I knew obviously Millwall's office had a reputation, and I'm thinking, oh my god, I didn't realize it was this bad. But, um, as I said, once when I say once, but when Billy Bond sort of went and it was a new season, and we brought through some kids all of a sudden, as you know yourself, that the fans the fans were amazing in the, in the seven years that I was there, to be honest. I never had no trouble with them. And, and um, once you once you give it your all, 
Millwall fans will, will love you and, and the team I think obviously when Billy Barnes was there he had a couple of old, older pros who were um, probably on a little bit of money um, at the time and they sort of probably just had had enough and, and let their heads go down and probably weren't given 100% I, I don't think players ever try not to give 100% but I think mentally if you're if you know it's not going well for you, sometimes players go into their shell, but they don't mean not to give it 100%, but obviously to the fans, it looks like that. I think that's probably what happened at Millwall, but I said once Rhino took over, and obviously the, the fans liked Rhino and, and, and the way we being a legend, and then obviously the young lads coming through, and all of a sudden we start winning games, and I mean, the, the fans were, as I said, great for the seven years we were there, it was nearly a bit of a fortress, to be fair. I, I know players, and I played for Ireland on the 21s and 20s, etc., they just said, hey, going to Millwall. Like, I don't know. So I'd tell the Millwall players that and you, you're sort of one up before they've even come down. Do you know what I mean? You know, you know, mentally you've got them. So all you've got to do is be on top of your game and you probably end up beating them. So so how did your move to Millwall come about, Barry? Because I think you joined as a mere youngster in what, November 2001, didn't you? Yeah, I think it was in 2000. Um, it just came, my manager at, at over in... Dublin, uh, he was a sort of a scout for Millwall and he used to send players over now every every sort of year and that, you know, a couple of players went every year and he just picked me to go one year and I went on trial. I, I spent um, Easter, spent the whole week over there at Easter and then they brought me back for a longer trial in the summer. Um, I spent a month in the summer of 2000 and then just that just gradually went in and then they just decided to sign me. I was 15 at the time so I came over when I was 15. Because there was quite a sizable contingent of Irish players at Millwall around about that time, wasn't there? I think you had what Joe Dolan, Kevin Braniff, Richard Sadlier, Mark Hicks. I think was around then, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. It was great when I came over. Obviously, Robbie was there. Um, Richard Sadlier. You had Braniff, Hicksy, um, Darren Mead, who lived just down the road from me and Diggs. He looked after me when I come over. Um, yeah, there was there's there was a lot of Irish and it was really easy to settle in. You know, they they helped me out because obviously being so young, they made it really easy to settle in. Did you? So was there ever, ever any hesitation on your behalf to join the club? Because obviously moving over from Ireland as a kid would have been a considerable move, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I I live I came from the west of Ireland and um, I've been travelling up to Dublin for two years to play in, for Belvedere. Um, just to get better opportunities, to get that opportunity to come over. It was always something I wanted to do. Um, I had another couple of clubs interested at the time, but I went, when I went to Millwall, I just felt comfortable. Um, they made me feel like they wanted me. And, and, you know, it was just, it was something I wanted to do, always wanted to do. So when it was awfully offered, offered me the contract and that, it just, um, I didn't really think too much of it. It was, it was something I wanted to, always wanted to do and I was look, really looking forward to it. Yeah, Robbie, yeah, well, when you, yeah, well, we just touched upon Rhino then. What was it like when the change of manager happened, when Rhino took over and Billy Bonds came, yeah, well, left? Was it a bit of a relief for the players? Um, I think everyone liked it. I think all the players liked Billy Bonds. To be honest, I said he, he's, he's a lovely man, to be fair, and he, he used to join in training. He was the, he was one of the fittest boys in training and all sorts. So I think it was just obviously the West Ham connection and, the right was on the wall and said I joined in January and obviously the fans weren't happy then and the results obviously didn't didn't really improve. Um and that, did he go to the end of the season? I can't even remember. Um, yeah, no, he did, yeah. And then, and then obviously brought a couple of kids and yeah, I think once I think for the players' point of view, we 
you just get on with it. You know what I mean? Obviously, you you like your managers. I've obviously had a few managers, and I prefer certain managers to other managers. But as a player, once the manager goes, that's it's gone, and it's down to you to to keep going. So I don't think players are ever happy if the manager change unless they're not playing. If the manager goes, so I don't think it was difference in the players. But I think the fans when Rhino come in, they got a, a bit of a buzz, and I think the club then there was a couple of older players who were probably having a bit of wages. And um, they got released, and then he started bringing through the kids, and, and obviously then the makeup of the club started started to change. To be fair, yeah, because you because for those kids you're talking about, obviously you have a Timmy Cale came through at that time. Uh, yeah, what, Reedy, Ives. Reedy, Paul Ifill, yeah, yeah, top top players. To be fair, I mean, yeah, but those kind of players. So yeah. you could probably see that the sands are changed, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I said at the time, obviously, the, I think the fans were, were were happy to have Lionel as well, um, be, being a club legend and that. And that, yeah, and, that, and all of a sudden, once you get you get a few results, and, and the feeling of the club starts to change. To be fair, yeah, well, it paid off in that first season, didn't it? Because we got to what they also win Spring Shield final. That's right. Yeah, that's not great memories for you because you actually missed the game, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I was injured, um, and I, I remember because. Obviously, it was Wembley, but you just—it's only, I know—it's the LDV, and you just think, ah, it's only the LDV. So I was obviously upset because it was Wembley. My parents—I've been out for two months. I think I thought I had a chance of being maybe getting in the squad because I was just coming back. But um, so my parents booked to come over. Or they did come over, but I didn't actually make it. I remember being in the stand uh, watching the game, and a Millwall fan said to me, "Oh, you must be good." And I obviously, I obviously thought about it, but I didn't think that deep. Was it that's it'll come again whatever I just don't sort of think about it as a player and a fan said to me oh, you must be good I nearly started crying I thought fuck I'm just like sort of just it just hit home that I could have been out playing at Wembley do you know what I mean and even obviously the FA Cup that was a Cardiff one so it wasn't even so I've never actually played at Wembley um, but listen it's not the worst in the world but yeah it's um, yeah a bit good to miss that to be fair but yeah we didn't do it as you said that first season Ryan had done okay in the league and, and uh, obviously got to the final that to be fair so, what was it like being around the club, knowing that you were touch and go? Because I spoke to Paul Shaw, and he actually made it, didn't he? He'd had an operation and got back just in time. You haven't made it, so everyone else is getting measured for suits and getting excited. It must be must be quite a difficult thing. Yeah, it is because obviously I was, I was speaking to my parents and that, and with that, like, you're going to be fit. Every question, you're going to be fit. I said, well, yeah, hopefully I should be all right, and then. I just wasn't fit enough and, and to be honest like the, the player I was for for me to be out eight weeks I'd, I'd have to get a couple of games under my belt and anyhow um, I sort of needed it was one of those players probably needed to play week in week out to, to get me fitness going so I was probably, I was probably nowhere ever, ever never going to be near it to be fair but it's hard to be fair and even not even without without the final as a footballer it's, it's a very lonely place but when you get injured and you're just you're on your own you're there all day and you're seeing the boys winning games and celebrating. And obviously, you're a, you're a, you are a part of it, but you, you just don't feel a part of it. And it's it's just not the same. It's it's one of the hardest things in, in football is is to be injured and all the things that go through your head. And um, you can see sort of why why footballers get depressed because obviously playing in front of people it, it, it's a big hoy, you know what I mean? And then when you haven't got that for two months off, how long it may be, and missing big games and and good games and, and results and missing out on wins and stuff, it's uh, it's quite hard to be honest. Because yeah, but if you look at it that season, we ended up in the playoffs, didn't we? And uh, um, we lost to Wigan, I think, one nil after drawing nil nil at home, and we kind of fell away. Did Wembley cost us promotion in your view that season? 
I I can't remember to be honest. I would I look like you, I suppose the as a player you don't you you try not to think about Wembley or or the final, but I suppose I think inside you it's always in the back of your mind. So I said maybe you're going into games not realizing that you're thinking, well, hold on a second, I don't want to get injured. Um I don't want to miss the I don't want to miss the big game. I don't want to miss playing at Wembley. So psychologically, it, it probably does. But you think to yourself now, I'm, I'm playing like old managers say, we take each game as it come, and you try to do that. But I think when when you're not probably used to playing at Wembley every year or whatever, it's something that's going to be huge in your career. It probably does affect you. Um, but yeah, we we lost to Wigan, I suppose, and they were a bit of a bogey team at the time. Obviously, they beat us in the LDV as well, didn't they? And they were, um, they, I mean, they they were a good they, at the time. They had some good players, to be fair. They, they, they did have a good team, but obviously so did we. So we, we did have some good battles with them, to be fair. Because that nil-nil down at our place was awful game, wasn't it? Just so cagey and, yeah, but they didn't want to cross the halfway line from what I can remember. Yeah, and the same, I think, the, yeah, it was, um, I suppose they come away and just wanted to get to get it drawn and take us back to theirs, yeah. But it was, um, yeah, the LDV wasn't a great game. The playoffs probably weren't, weren't great games, to be fair. As I said, probably just getting nervous or whatever. And as I said, the, the big games and, um, yeah, it's gone back a few, what year was that? 90, 98, 99, what was it? 90. No, yeah, no, that was 2000. 2000, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but as I said, they, they were a good club, but... I think eventually we we got we end up beating them a couple of times, but I think the first three or four times up, I think I played them. We either drew or, or lost one nil, and, and they weren't the best of games, to be honest. <laughs> because the following season was when Mac, I think, came in to help out Rhino, wasn't it? And uh, we started off okay that season, but then it, but but then there was a swift change of management, wasn't there? Yeah, so Mac had come in, yeah, and obviously him and another another. Um, Bit of a legend at Millwall as well, and him and Ryan. Yeah, they were, they were a good team, but as um, I don't know if we were doing that bad. I can't really. I just I remember sort of the Brentford away game, and not we lost three one or something. I know Ryan got got a lot of abuse. Um, well, I'm not sure if we, I think we were like eight to ten in the league. I might have had a game in hand, but I don't know if it was the fans' reactions that made it made the board think. Well, we need to make a change. Um, that was pretty early in the season, was it September, October? Maybe September, October. It was a one-one draw, but you know Neil Harris equalised very late on in the game, That's and right, I yeah. remember Macca and Rhino because the away fans were above the tunnel area, weren't we up there? Yeah, and they had to walk right past us, and the abuse that Rhino took that day—it was pretty yeah. sad, wasn't it, for somebody yeah. who's a club legend? Exactly, yeah. I mean, the, the fans love him, do you know what I mean? And they, they'll say they love him now, but as you said, he did get he got terrible abuse that day. And um, as I said, I, I can't remember you said it, obviously it was a draw. And I do think we were only probably, could be wrong, six, seven points outside the playoffs with a game in hand. So we weren't, obviously, we weren't ticking at the moment, do you know what I mean? We weren't doing as well as what we should have been doing. But it was early in the season. Um, but obviously, once the, the club made that decision, obviously, um, we all know now, I think, not. I know as a player I'm playing under McGee and Ryan that McGee was the difference of us um getting in the playoffs as a maybe I think Ryan would have taken us to the playoffs. I think most most um no disrespect to Ryan, but I think the team we had, we were probably always going to get in the playoffs and, and, and obviously Mark McGee was the difference that, that took us to the next level and, and made us win the league, to be honest. So what difference did he bring to the squad that maybe Macker and Rhino couldn't? Um I just think Macca, obviously Mac uh, Rhino and that was 
a bit of probably old school and obviously never managed before. Um, oh, he was at Fisher when he, but obviously McGee had been up in Scotland and Aberdeen and, and he played under some good managers. And um, I said, just think Rhino was more old school and just played sort of the way Rhino played. And listen, he was, he was a great player, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? But um, he was an old centre half and I think he tried to wanted us to do that. Whereas McGee come in and let us play with a bit more freedom and started teaching Paul Eiffel and, and taking him 1v1s and telling him what to do and probably a little bit more coaching than what than what Rhino was doing, to be honest. And um, it, it obviously worked and he could see the potential of the likes of Sadler and Cahill and, and he, he worked really hard on, on the young players. Um, whereas probably Rhino was more just, we do 11v11s and work on the team. I think McGee sort of then took the individual players like Reedy, Cahill, Sadler and worked on them after training as well, because he knew that they, they were they were good talents to be fair, and um, and obviously just he was just just probably more experienced McGee had than Rhino to be fair. He obviously been out and, and playing the Premier League and up in Scotland and playing with Scotland, so he probably a bit more experienced and stuff like that. And he just probably just knew the game a bit more. And it just when he came in, as I said, it just probably suited that he, he had attacking players and he liked he liked to attack. And we scored, I think we scored a lot of goals on the McGee. And, um, I think we played quite attacking football at the time, so yeah, just just a little differences, I suppose, but it can make a difference. Um, yeah, well, we smashed nearly everyone off the park. Give yeah, it help that we had the probably the best striker in the division. I think. Yeah, in the, yeah that's right. Yeah, sad, moody people like that, and and Claridge towards the end. I think Claridge came in, didn't he? So so we had. Goals in abundance. Yeah, but that must have been a dream for you as a full as a fullback. Yeah, it was. Obviously, I never crossed the halfway line, to be honest. But it was it was nice to me, you know, if you give the ball to Lucas used to play left wing sometimes, or then you'd have wife so greedy. You knew all I had to do was do my defend. I know going back 15 years ago, and as it all I sort of had to do was defend, and then I used to just give me ball to the winger and let them do their thing and, and hopefully keep it clean sheet. But we knew back four that we were always going to score goals. So if we could if we could keep it tight at the back, we, we know we, we were getting three points. And as you said, we, we scored threes and fours and even against Rodham, who they, I think they were chasing us for the league, we beat them 4-0 and Peterborough were good at the time. We beat them 4-1. And so we, we did score a lot of goals. And um yeah, said playing with Chopper, Sadler, as you said, Moody, Claridge, and then you got on the Tim Cale in midfield, you got Ives and Reedy on the wings and that you're just thinking all we got to do is just keep it tight at the back and we're guaranteed to, to get a win in. That's it, yeah. And yeah, well, I think what's forgotten is that there's a quality player in Lucas Neal who couldn't even get in the side for most of that season, could he? Yeah, I don't know what happened with Lucas, whether it was down to the chairman or what, but I mean, Lucas, for me, was probably, like, in training-wise, was probably the best player. You could put him right back, you could put him left wing, you could play him centre midfield, and he, he was quality, and he, he was in and out of the team, and I don't know why, really. Um, obviously, we did have some obviously great players, but he was he was as good as anyone that I seen at, at the club, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, he sort of went from Millwall to, Black, to wasn't getting an air team, and then he's he's gone to Blackburn. I think they were in the Premier League, so he jumped in and obviously gone straight. And then he, he's playing week in week out, and thinking, how can you not play for Millwall? But um, yeah, that's not that's not down to me. But um, yeah, he, he was a great player. As I said, we had loads of, we had loads of good players and young. And obviously, I said about McGee coming in. I think McGee made us. A little bit hungrier and just made us realise that we can we can win games and 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 win it the right way. To be honest, because we won promotion at Wrexham that season. What do you remember about that game? Because we hammered them, didn't we? 
I always when I get when I get interviewed a lot of, I play in I think 250 or whatever I pay for Millwall so I played a lot of games in, in six and a half years but every time you talk about games I miss the LDV I don't know if I was injured or suspended for Wrexham away so I was in with the, I was in with the fans so I missed that game but obviously I was down there but yeah it was it was great um, just running onto the pitch with the lads and it was um, yeah it, it was it was a great day to be fair man. and obviously all the Millwall fans down there was loads of Millwall fans down there when I so it was there. Uh, yeah, sort of something you just don't, I don't know, you just don't think you're going to be, and that was at League One, but just to get promoted, you know what I mean? It's just the whole buzz and just on cloud nine and the whole week was getting interviewed and people coming to the club and, and even being older on, on, on the following weekend and that was a sellout of like 18, 20 tells and my father come over, my mates come over, it was just the whole, just like a party carnival for a week, you know what I mean? It was just, it was just unbelievable times, man. And then we, yeah, but then of course, yeah, well, you mentioned the Oldham game. We needed to win, so we, uh, so we scraped down five nil. That's right, yeah, yeah. Those things, and then it was trophy presentation time. Not that the, yeah, not that the football league have ever seen that podium again. What was that like? <laughs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was just. I thought it was just weird. It was just just on cloud nine. I said just after Wrexham. Um, I can't remember the week of training, but I think it was just like a, just a party atmosphere. We've been promoted. Obviously, we wanted to win the league, and which obviously we shown on the, against Oldham by, by winning five 0 We weren't taking a foot off the pedal, but um, yeah, we I think we scored quite early in that game, and all of a sudden the, the pressure was you could feel the the release, and all of a sudden we played our stuff and end up scoring and end up winning five 0 But yeah, just after the game, the fans were on the pitch and the, the podium, and it was just spraying champagne. It was just unbelievable. Just even at the players bar and. It was just, just everyone was just so happy. Do you know what I mean? It's unbelievable times, man. You were like, and remember that podium coming down, and two fellas, <laughs> yeah, were picked up one end each, and they were all, yeah, but all of a sudden, yeah, but it was heading out the gate, wasn't it? Last seen summer. Only happened at summer like Millwall, couldn't it? Of course, yeah, yeah, we, we know what's going to happen. Saying that, yeah, because we, I think, I don't know if we got told to run off the pitch, or maybe it might have been a different year. But I said, no, the fans are as much as they'll come onto the pitch, they don't cause no hassle. They're only just, just the way they're just trying to enjoy themselves, anyway. But um, people just sort of just worry, which I suppose is right. But we knew the fans have obviously we just won the league. There's got, there's going to be no hassle. So it's, it's great to deal with the fans, and um, as you said, they didn't cause no hassle at all. To be fair, and then we got promoted, and. Uh... I think our first game was against Norwich, wasn't it? And we, uh, yeah, but we showed that we were ready for the step up because I think we beat them 4 0. Quite a good start to the season. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we, as I said, um, McGee did give us confidence. And I said, we, we obviously won the league. I think I think Preston might have won the league the year before or something. I got them out the year before and they had done well in the championship. So obviously, we spoke about it. And, um, we, we fancied our chances to be fair which you probably don't you know what I mean you just think we'll go in the league and, and see what it is but we, we weren't nervous going in and we didn't think we'd be anywhere near the relegation we, we, so we'd go there and see where it is but all of a sudden you, you're beating Norwich I think enough they got relegated from the Premier League yeah. um, I'm not sure we obviously got promoted so I think oh, Norwich is going to be a tough game but again it, 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 the stadium was, was more or less full and we end up being in four nil. You think what's happening here? It's just, it's just, it's just keep going. Um, think oh, God, you won't win the league or whatever. You get excited after one game, but I think we played Birmingham. I think the following week and we got beaten four nil. Then so it was a, a bit of a kick back down to earth, which probably wasn't a bad thing for us. Um, I'm not sure if we were getting too carried away, but as I said, we went into that season full of confidence. Um, I said we knew we'd like 
as I've just said, like with, with the players we had, Ives, Tim, um, Sadler, Chopper, um, Claridge, we knew we knew we had a chance, and, and the back four was was solid back four. Do you know what I mean? It was it, we obviously had Matty come in, it, it, it was bomb on. But whereas me, me, Doishi, and others were sort of just three old school sort of defenders. So um, we we knew we had a chance to be fair, and obviously it, it turned out to be, to be a great year. We we just missed just missed the boy Whisker. How much of a blow was it losing Chopper at the start of that season to yeah, well, yeah, when there's yeah, when the cancer. Yeah, it was obviously it was a massive blow even for 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 the team spirit. We, we could you, you just don't think it's going to happen, do you? At that at that age, I can remember we were probably twenty three, twenty four. I can't really remember. Um, well, yeah, it was a massive blow because obviously the year before Chop was top top goal scorer and and was flying. Um, and you knew he'd always get you twenty goals. Um, and he was obviously a big part of the team. It was it was a blow to the whole to the whole team. To be fair, it was just a, a bit of it. You think of. Oh, can happen to anybody, do you know what I mean? It was it, it definitely put a cloud cloud over us to be fair. But um we still obviously as I said the season we, we obviously went on with, with with Sads then sort of come into his own and played week in, week out. Um but yeah it was a it was a big goal because Chopper was as I said he was he was one of the, the main men in the team and, and and as a character to be fair. Um and it was it was devastating news. It wasn't like he was he was injured, do you know what I mean? He's thinking, oh my God, like cancer, it's not um but lucky enough He's uh, he's he's okay, do you know what I mean? And, and obviously come back, which which was was just great for us. Um, but yeah, it, it was a massive blow at the time because that season we actually went to Crystal Palace quite early on, didn't we? And we absolutely leathered them. Do you remember that the three-one game? That's right. Yeah, yeah, I can remember that. Yeah, yeah. It was it, again. We we had we had good results. We had a couple of dodgy results and um, going into that game, I think I wouldn't say we needed a win, but. I think again we'd so we, we got confident after Norris and then got kicked back down. I think it happened to us two or three times. And I think going into the Palace game, all of a sudden, I think once you once you won that game, all of a sudden, I think we, we found confidence. Even when we lost, we still then believed. Um, it was a massive result for us and, and and a massive game to be fair. And again, loads of Millwall fans down down the side there, and it was um, obviously Sadler scored and, and Clarence scored, and I think it's sort of. Man, Sadler realised how good he how good he was, even though he had been good. But I think that game, all of a sudden, then McGee, as I said, started working on Sadler every day, and and, and he lo- he loved Sad to be fair. And all of a sudden, Sadler from being he's always been a good player, obviously, but just all of a sudden overnight, he just he just grew into a man and 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 was bullying defenders to be fair and, and Premier League defenders. Yeah, because yeah, well, that game as you mentioned at Crystal Palace, yeah, well, we were everywhere. Yeah, I can remember being on the concourse and they were kicking in the gates to get in. What <laughs> way? Just charging the gates. It was an absolutely mental afternoon out. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I can I can imagine. But yeah, it, it was it was obviously great. It's, it's I say it's great playing away from home, and you see a few tales of Millwall fans because you know if you're gonna win away from home, was a the lunatics at home, but they're, they're they're even more they're even more away from home and more more passionate away from home, especially in a, a local derby. We just being promoted, and it was um, yeah, it, it was it was an unbelievable result. And that kind of form carried on, didn't it? Because that season, well, we had the famous game on what New Year's Day against Watford, didn't we? Where we won four one, and Bomber scored probably one of the most memorable goals. Um, definitely right, yeah. the most memorable celebration probably the club's had for many years. What do you remember about that game? 
That's right. Yeah, again, I think I don't know if you played games that game. I think you might have played Palace in the Boxing Day as well over the Christmas period at home. And I think we beat them two uh, 0 or three one or something again at home. And it was um, it was great. And then, as you said, obviously with Chopper coming back, that was his first. I think it was his first game back, and for him to score that goal, I mean, we all have that picture in the frame. Um, I have it. I have it somewhere here, and it's um, an unbelievable, an unbelievable memory for him to score. And I said, "What, what a goal!" And again, another, another London derby in a massive game away from home. And as you said, we just kept rolling. We just kept going to, to places and, and and make getting results and and good results and not just nicking wins or thinking we we being bashed in. We, we got we walked away one 0 and we got lucky. We were actually going in away to Watford and Crystal Palace and, and going toe for toe with them and, and saying, "Listen, we're, we're here to beat you." I mean, we were doing it more times than not, to be fair. But as I said, that moment to have Chopper back and, and the score that goal was just the whole. You've obviously seen it, and then Tony Warner coming out. And I very, as I said, I very, very rarely went to over the halfway line, but I felt like I had to had to run up there and, and jump in the celebrations. <laughs> yeah, but that's another comic picture. I think it's something now that's even sending a tingle up my spine, just even talking about that day because he, he, because he just picked that ball up. And nothing was going to stop him, was it? Absolutely no, no. nothing. Um, in the- um, unbelievable finish, to be fair. And that was that was just trouble when he just think well, you can't shoot him there. And he just just calls. He didn't even never used to lash the ball. He used to always call and think, fucking hell, that's not me. Just done it all the time, to be fair. And as I said, just the, the whole team. And obviously, everyone, everyone's obviously said we, we had an unbelievable team spirit. And, and to have Chopper back was just it was just so emotional. And 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 the score that goal was just amazing, to be honest. Yeah, well, Barry, you were a youngster in that squad, weren't you? Or well, in and around that squad, what was it like for you watching, you know, watching the likes of Sads and Chopper and MK Hill and all of those guys? Yeah, just listening to Robbie speak. Um, obviously, I was just in the in the U team at the time. I I just come over to Millwall, and the atmosphere around the club was was amazing. Um, I remember going to watch the watch the games and. There was a great atmosphere every game. There was because they expected him to win. And watching that, you know, growing up watching them players play, like you had Reedy, Eiffel, Timmy, um, Sads, you know, they were all top of their game. Um, obviously, Neil Harris. I remember well, I came over on trial and I can't remember what game it was they, they played. And I went, I went to go to watch the game and obviously got brought in. It was one of the first times I'd watched like, a proper game in England. And, um, a chopper scored a hat trick, I think, and he was just he was just on fire. Uh, and uh, and Joe Dolan as well at the back. He was he was really really exceptional. And you know, uh, watching them players and just just when I come over and the the atmosphere, even around the club was great. Um, Robbie will know more than anyone the the team spirit and just being around that was great for for the young players. And yeah, we yeah, well, we touched upon the Irish contingent. How much of a yeah, what was it like for the likes of Sads and and that yeah. being around? Yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah, obviously Robbie playing, Sads playing. You know, it give you you know a bit of hope that you know someday you could break into it and be involved and you know seeing them and doing so well as well because they they were all really doing well at the time. Everyone, everyone was there was a buzz around the whole club. I think at that time, um, even the youth team, we were doing well. You know, we we were winning games and it was it was a there was a buzz around the whole club and you know give you that. Bit, you know, a bit of a lift, and you, you wanted to be involved in that because you had to be quite patient for your debut, didn't you? I think you had to wait what two years whilst you, yeah, whilst all of this craziness is going on and you have around you. What's that like? 
Yeah, well, it, yeah, sort of like gradually. It was a gradual sort of thing. I was in and around the first team training, and then you know you play the pre-season games, and I played a couple of like like gay pre-season done well, and then you just have to wait for your chance because I, there was some really good players um, ahead of me. So you know, I had a, I had, a, I had a lot of players like Paul Eiffel, obviously Stephen Reid. Um, there was some really good players. I was only young, young at the time, so it was it was just just trying to get in and around it. Um, you know, as I said, trying to trying to play through preseason games and gain some experience. Your your focus, I guess, would have been just getting in the reserves and doing well for the reserves. At that time, it was yeah, yeah. At that time, it was just getting in the reserves and playing regularly for the reserves, playing it playing every you know, week weekend week out for the youth team and just. Trying to improve, you know. Trying, you know, you're just trying to get, trying to get there, and hopefully, you know, train with them and try, just try and be in and around it. Um, that was all at, at that time. That's that's all I was sort of aiming for, and hopefully, maybe play the odd game here and there. They were pretty good players to learn from, though, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. As I said, it it was really good, really good. Even to train with them, the, the difference in and the quality, and you know, and then to obviously watch them on a Saturday and. And also like the togetherness of them, and, and they always, you know, they always spoke to you and always helped you out. You know, there was, there was, you know, they, they seemed like a really good bunch, and they always would talk to you, you know, and try and help you, which was also really good. And yeah, we go back to Robbie. Yeah, but then we get onto the cup final season. Well, we broke on. Yeah, but Barry broke through that season. Now then, at the start of that season, what's very not very well known. Well, it is because we've I've spoken to Darren Ward about it was that opening day defeat against Rotherham. What in the earth went wrong that day? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? You look, it's all, all the good times, we got tonked, was a 6 nil or 6-1, I can't yeah. even remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, I, I, there was obviously a lot of talk. Um, we were probably done it the right way, like the likes of myself and, and Tim and, and, and um, Ives and Reedy, we all signed a, sort of the same deals, um, so we sort of kept everyone's wages sort of the same. And, and then obviously we've done so well, um, and nearly got got promoted, um, and obviously failed against Birmingham. Um, sort of, we all asked for new deals, and the chairman obviously then spoke um, about. I think ITV went bust or something, so yeah. we, we we didn't get no pay increases. Now we were obviously we were obviously unhappy because we went. When I, mean, I got told the contract I signed was when we won League One, so and the chairman said to me, he said, "Listen, it's not a championship contract." He said, "But you need to prove you can play in the championship." So obviously. Three years later, I've played over 100 games, so I think I've proved myself. But obviously, and anyway, ITV has sort of gone bust, so he said, no, you ain't getting no more money. And he obviously was the same with all the players. We were obviously disappointed. Um, but again, as I said earlier on, like, I, I obviously did play in our heads, but you do then go into the game against Rodham and you don't, try, you don't think about it. But obviously, I think subconsciously, you must be because... No disrespect to Rodham, we, we shouldn't be losing six 0 to Rodham or whatever it was. Um, but obviously we got we got abuse. Like and I was thinking, just had five years, five five or six great years in Bill. I'm thinking one guy was just it's all gone pear shaped and we get billed and all sorts. And then my um, my brother in law, he works in Covent Garden um, as a greengrocer, um, importing and exporting. So obviously some Millwall fans there, and he's ended up having a fight with the geezer because the geezer I'm going to stab Robbie Ryan when I see him. For, losing six nil, so he's ended up having a few words with him at Walker. I think, oh my god, I was afraid. I was afraid to go on the Saturday nights, but um, I said after after a few games, obviously the, the, the fans were okay. Um, but yeah, it was it was 
like we like fans saying you, you lost the game on purpose just to fucking get a pay increase and honest to God we didn't like we just I don't know what happened I, I can't I don't know what happened to be honest maybe yeah, subconsciously the bonuses as well wasn't there I don't think that got sorted out until the morning of the game or something yeah no it was all it was all messy to be fair and I said even look back it's not going into but like the FA Cup because the bonuses got sorted late we didn't not, not that we ever thought we were going to get an FA Cup final we didn't the bonus I think for the FA Cup final was like £2,000 or something can't even remember it was nothing because the, everything was sort of rushed in the last minute we were more concentrating on, on the league because obviously we'd done well the year before and we thought well we'll concentrate on that because obviously we have a chance of maybe doing well and getting promoted or whatever it may be but yeah as I said I think the, I think the balance for the FA Cup was like I think I got two and a half thousand pounds or something like that you know what I mean but listen it's money and it doesn't matter about the money does it um, but yeah it was it was all messed up it was the, the contract issues the balances issues and I said it didn't get sorted out until the last minute so as I said I think when when players are unhappy off, off the pitch or whatever they don't go into the game wanting to lose games or not wanting to give 100% but I think subconsciously for whatever reason if you're not happy outside when you walk on that pitch sometimes it, it does affect you and we just had a we had a I wouldn't even call it a bad day I don't know what to call it <laughs> time because obviously there was a bit of a hangover I think still from the Birmingham fiasco that you did yeah that I didn't really want to touch upon but we might as well as you brought it up uh, that playoff final or yeah yeah the playoff semi-final where we got beat in the last minute yeah, of course, as I said, we were, as I said, we didn't expect to get them out. But obviously, week in, week out, we're, we're beating the likes of Crystal Palace and we're, we're beating Norris City. And all of a sudden, I can't remember the results we had against Birmingham in the league, but we've gone, we've gone away to Birmingham and drew one all. So all of a sudden, you're starting to think, hell, do you know what I mean? And, and then them just, just to nick it, in, it was just heartbreaking in the last minutes. And then, obviously, with, 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 the, with the fans, etc., the whole um, the trouble after the game, and then, and as you said, then the, the clubs getting into trouble, and, and the, the following season was just there was nothing sorted. You know what I mean? And fans had had identification. Um, obviously, the chairman wasn't giving us the bonuses or wage increases, and it was just it was just a, a bad time for for a couple of weeks. And so we we saw in the bonuses, and we we got sorted and got back on track. But yeah, going into that um, the Walsall game. Probably mentally, we, we probably weren't prepared for the game. To be fair, but yeah, it was it was a massive disappointment. Ben, I mean, and, and and plus, I think for for the club as well, because um, with the fans getting into trouble, that, that was I think a kick in the teeth as well. Because obviously, then people said Millwall and had it again, and then to let fans into the ground, they had to have um, identification. So I think even they, they sold less season tickets the following year. We nearly got promoted to the Premier League, so the, the club should be selling out week in week out the following season. And obviously, I think then the 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 crowds dropped a little bit because obviously some people didn't want to give their identification to get tickets etc. So I was there, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a bit of a nightmare to be fair. Yeah, that's the Millwall way, isn't it? And you, you you did it wasn't going that well for you that season in the last days of Mark McGee because I think he actually put you on the transfer list, didn't he, just before he left? Yeah, as I said, um, I've said before, I obviously played a lot of games for Millwall, but I never felt as if um, I think Martin Gibbs always trying to get so he brought loads of left backs on trial and um, he was always trying to replace me I suppose um, but yeah it, I, I think I played well obviously played in that Rotterdam game um, I'm not sure I, don't, I can't remember then if, if I got dropped he might have dropped two or three players he might have dropped me but yeah definitely I think sort of September he, he told me I could leave um, um, and I, yeah I was obviously good because I've been there for six years and 
I just never thought about leaving Millwall to be fair and even when he told me I sort of my dad's like have you rung your agent and, and put your name about I said well no not really I sort of just just thought oh, it's Millwall it, it, it'll work itself out but yeah um, I did get told I was leaving and obviously then so I think Matt McGee brought in Tony Craig and he started playing well he was obviously only young at the time so I was um, I wasn't even in the squad or whatever so the right was definitely on the wall and uh, lucky enough for me you know it don't sound nice but um I was I was glad Matt McGee got the sack to be fair because obviously it, it gave me another chance to stay at Millwall to be honest. So it worked it worked in my favour to be honest. But yeah, um, I knew I'd known sort of for, for a couple of years that as much as Matt McGee played me week in week out, um, he was always trying to, to replace me. And, and obviously I should have probably seen the writing on the wall that the, the time was going to come. Um, yeah, yeah, but at least you had the foresight to stay and not the phone your agent. Otherwise. Yeah, well, otherwise no. missed I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know if anyone wanted me to be honest. If truth be told, <laughs> um, I probably would have rung him in the end. But I, I, I said to him, I said, "Listen, I'll, I'll just keep digging away. I've got a year to go, and um, I didn't. I was. I think the plan was to sort of see out the contract. I, I wasn't planning on moving unless something drastically changed. Because obviously Tony Craig had just come in the team, and he was only young, so I knew he was a good player, but. With, with youngsters they seem to come in the team at five or six games and do really well and then obviously they drop off the pace because they're not used to the body playing so, so I thought I'd get me another, another chance um, and, and lucky enough I, I sort of did to be fair but obviously that was when, when Matt McGee left to be honest well, what was yeah what was it like when Dennis Wise took over because he'd come in at the start of that season I think and he was one of the players that came in got sent off on his first game or one of his first games and and then all of a sudden he's gone from player to manager. Yeah, he obviously came in as, as a player and he, he, he was great to be fair, Dennis. He was um he was a fit old boy and he just you could just see the difference. It, it gave the boys a bit of a buzz. It's like it's Dennis Wise. We was most of the boys watching them when they were kids, you know what I mean? So when he come in as a player, particularly Millwall, as I said, we were never paying that that bigger wages. We were all on because we sort of come through the, the youths and that none of us were on massive wages. And then all of a sudden Dennis comes in, you think, ah, oh, Millwall's like it's gone places, you know what I mean? Bringing in the likes of Dennis Wise. But when he, for me, when he took over, it was it was great for me, obviously, because um, Matt McGee told me I, I, I could leave. Then Wise, he took over and um, he rang me on the, I think we had a day off on the Wednesday. I don't know. If, I think Matt McGee got a second. Did we play Preston home on the Tuesday? Um, and he got a sack Tuesday night and then Dennis took over Wednesday and we had obviously had a day off on the Wednesday. So Dennis actually rung me and said, listen, Get yourself right. He said, you, you're, you're my left back. Uh, you're playing this Saturday and, and you're the left back I want for the rest of the season. Um, so it's, it's in your hands sort of thing. So obviously, all of a sudden, I've got I've got a new a new lease of life because Brady will probably tell you, like I was, or Sadler will definitely tell you, when I, when I wasn't playing, I was getting dropped or I was injured. I was there. I used to go into myself really, really bad and I was, I was depressed, or I don't know but if that was the right word, but I just go into myself and, and go into my shell and just be really, really down to be honest. I hate that. I had to play week in, week out, otherwise I just just didn't feel right. So when Dennis actually rang me all of a sudden, I've just grown six inches overnight. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. 
Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Oh, please, he's just another RV League educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. And, um, yeah, and I got back straight into the team, so I was... I was buzzing that Dennis took over, and obviously he brought in uh, Ray Wilkins as well. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, so yeah, it, it was great for me to be honest. Um, yes, what was he like? Yeah, then Barry. Yeah, when he wasn't playing, Robbie. Yeah, he, he, he was a nightmare. He was a nightmare. <laughs> I know I can't really remember too much about it. But everyone, when they're not when they're not playing, everyone I think players want to be playing. And I think especially when you've played like Robbie has, you played a lot of games. You know, he, he was. A regular, I always remember him as being a regular left back from Millwall all the time. I was there watching, and uh, and uh, I think when when you play games, I only play a lot of games. You just want to play all the time. You want to play week in, week out. Uh, so I can imagine that that's the, how he was feeling after playing so many games. So, so what did Dennis Wise mean for your career? I think um, I think Wise was brilliant for all the young lads. I think he gave them all an opportunity, and I think he gave everyone a fair opportunity. Um, I remember when he first came in, I was injured at the time and he, he, he even came in the injury room and said, you know, I want you to be involved in the, in the, in the, with the first team when you get back. And for me, you know, as Robbie said, Dennis Wise coming and saying that you just gives you a lift and makes you want to, you know, want to get back and want to be back training and playing. And, and it, it, for my time at Millwall, he was the one manager, I think, who give, give, give the most opportunities. And I think most of the young lads will say that. Um, even if they didn't, you know, he gave them an opportunity, even if they didn't take it or didn't progress with it, he, he did give everyone a fair opportunity. Because as because as characters, him and Mark McGee, they couldn't be quite different, could they? They were <laughs> totally different ends of the spectrum. Dennis Wise, a cocky little cockney, and uh, Mark McGee, a dour Scotsman. Cheer up Mark McGee, as we used to sing. Yeah, well, well, well. I remember I only sort of was coming into the first, like, first team sort of that pre-season when Mark McGee was manager, and um, he was really good with me as well. I mean, I never have a bad word to say. But, you know, he give me give me a debut. I think then in the, I think he give give me a debut. I think come on off the bench, um, and then obviously I played in pre-season under him, um, but I was still only young, and I, I don't really remember too much about it. it was all you know, it was all a bit, it was quite a while ago. Um, but yeah, he was always good, and obviously, obviously, always, always spoke to all the lads in there. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah, but that season, obviously, we all know what happened. That cup run. Uh, what a time! What an absolute time to be at Millwall. Yeah, it was. It was unbelievable. Um, I said we obviously spoke about when when we beat Oldham and that, and the carnival and atmosphere that we had for the week. But I said that FA Cup. I mean, the minute we sort of we were. You sort of sitting there, obviously round three and four. You want to be pulling Liverpool at Man United and stuff like that. But all of a sudden, we got Tranmere, I think, in the quarters, and um, I think, oh, yeah, we'll take Tranmere in the quarters, and we got we got Tranmere, you know. And then the semis was obviously Man United Arsenal, I think it was, and, and us and Sunderland. We just wanted to get Sunderland, and all of a sudden, you think oh, we got a chance here. So it was uh, unbelievable. I said playing at Old Trafford, even the semi final, going to Old Trafford, um, all the fans. It's just. Again, um, unbelievable. Obviously, the final is um, <laughs> something you, you never forget. And it's still 15 years later, you, you're still talking about it. And 
and I, I'll probably be talking about for the rest of my life and not me and so just just to be a part of it that just as again as Barry said the whole club just it was great it was just a great time to be at the club and the fans were just so happy and it was just it was it was just magic to be fair yeah well the semi-final yeah well I think that once we didn't draw Man United at Arsenal or yeah well or Arsenal we knew, didn't we? Well, we thought we've got a fucking chance here to get to the FA Cup final. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You said nobody, the nobody yeah. thought that before. Yeah, well, much before all the Tranmere game, and we're avoiding all these Premier League teams. It gives a toss. We're going to, yeah, we've got a chance here. We've got yeah. a chance. That was um, unbelievable. So we, we, I think we beat Sunderland twice in, in that that season. We beat them twice, so we we were obviously confident going into the game. And I presume Sunderland were, were probably favourites to be fair, but. Uh, so we, we, we knew we'd beat them twice, so there was no reason to go into that game as underdogs, we were thinking as well. But I think, I, I can't really remember, but obviously we won 1-0, but I think in the second half, I think I think they, they they were on top in the last 20 minutes. I think if they probably got one, they, they probably would have went on to win the game 2-3-1, two, two but lucky enough, as I said, we, we had a solid enough defence and, and we, we held out, to be fair, but it was... Um, just, just again, another iconic moment. Tim taking his top off and running down down the side of Old Trafford, man. And it's just, just again, just unbelievable, man. It's just, just all them, all them Millwall fans just celebrating them, and and even fans to me now, they they still talk about the semi-finals as well. Do you know what I mean? That people getting limousines up there and just a whole. They said like, the FA Cup was obviously great, but probably didn't expect to win the fans. They said, but we're going to Sunderland, thinking we're going to win. So it was just the whole, the whole atmosphere was just unbelievable traveling up there. Mate, I can remember. I can remember every service station on that Sunday morning, from about <laughs> yeah, from about half past five till because it was an early kickoff, wasn't it? Well, we had yeah. the first game at lunchtime, so we left London about five o'clock in the morning, and every service station was packed out Millwall, and they robbed the place blind. <laughs> and no, nobody sold anything on the way up. There, it's just Millwall everywhere. Then we get to Old Trafford, we go one nil up. Timmy Cahill, um, that goal, and uh, and then we lose Kevin Muscat. That's so right, yeah. Probably one of the most horrendous tackles I think anybody will see. Yeah, yeah terrible tackle, yeah. And I remember looking up at that bloody clock and I was talking to Darren Ward about that bloody clock on the side of the stand at Old Trafford. Yeah. That didn't move, did it? No. I actually got, I got as I said, at the time, um, I'd been offered a contract, boys, you have me a one-year deal on the same money. And I said, Dennis, listen, I'm not going to go into this. But three years ago, I got told a contract shit. I said, you don't, you went in here. I said, but why am I going to sign the contract four years later on the same money from three years? But anyway, so... I got I, Dennis started taking me off in games. After every game, I'd get probably taken off after 70 minutes. Um, so obviously, he took me off in that game. So I'm sitting on, on the bench watching the game. I'm thinking, as you said, the clock's just not moving. And they were on top. And I'm thinking, can I, if they get one goal here, I think it's not one of those games. They probably open up the barriers and probably get two or three. But lucky enough, the boys, the boys worked their arse off and, and obviously kept a clean sheet. And, and just then again, just running out into Old Trafford and just jumping on the lads and looking, just seeing them. 25,000 Millwall fans you think what's all this about you're not away from home and I was a neutral venue but you're thinking oh my god it's it's just just things of dreams you know what I mean it's amazing times man you know what struck me at the final whistle after yeah well after me and me mates finish crying and hugging each other <laughs> we were in fucking Europe that's Millwall right, yeah. in Europe yeah that's yeah. right 
because I think that Man United and Arsenal were guaranteed European yeah. football at the time. So we were in the cup final. Yeah, well, yeah, well, we weren't worried about the cup final. Crazy, crazy, man. How good was that? And I can remember everybody bouncing outside Wembley. We're all going on a European tour. <laughs> I don't think the government at the time were probably thinking of ways of stopping us from going on the European tour. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, yeah, we've got Man United Cup final, Cardiff. It kind of affected our league form, didn't it? Yeah, I think I think it did. I, said, I can't remember as you, you asked the question about obviously the LDV did that affect us. I'm not, I don't really know, but I, I do think that the FA Cup is obviously it's a different ball game. And as I said, for, for, for us, most of the boys have come through the youth had only played for not played for Huddersfield, and that was it. And obviously, Tim Reedy, Chopper have only ever played for Millwall, do you know what I mean? So to play in an FA Cup final has to affect you. And the same way, I think four or five games of four, and I don't know. I don't know if we lost, but I think we, we drew a lot of games, just nil nil or lost one nil. It was just literally just no tempo to the games. It one hundred percent affected us. And to be fair, and um, without that, we, we might again got in the playoffs again that season. But obviously, we didn't. And um, yeah, I do. I definitely do do believe it affected us. I mean, after the, the semi final, it was on a Sunday, wasn't it? I think yeah. we played Cardiff at home on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday. I think it was a Tuesday yeah. night. We drew nil nil. Then we had Bradford, who were struggling. I think we drew nil nil. And their games, probably three or four months ago, we we probably end up winning two nil, especially at home. We, yeah. you know, I mean, we were strong at home, and 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 we just could, we just couldn't buy goals. To be fair, um, yeah, one hundred percent, it definitely affected us. There's no, there's no denying that. And and then as the cup final get you know, got closer, I guess that everybody started to get distracted with all the off the field stuff that was going on, all the all the commercial deals. Because did Eric Hall bring in Eric? Sorry, yeah, but did Dennis Wise bring in Eric Hall to to manage the cup final pool? Who managed cup final pool that season? Can you remember? No, no, I wouldn't need to be have a pool. Obviously, we did, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, now it's, it, it was mad because. I mean, playing with Millwall, you'd, you'd get interviewed by the South London Press once a month or once every couple of weeks or something, do you know what I mean? And I'd have the odd paper from Ireland ring me up or something just to ask me some questions, but no word of a lie. That, that For two weeks before the FA Cup, I had Sky Sports in my house, setting up all the cameras and all sorts. I think, what's happening here? I had every paper in Ireland ring me up every day. After the training ground, there was Sky there, there was ITV there, there was, there was they were there all the time, but... And even coming into your house, you'd ring up, can, I, can we come to your house and do an interview in the backyard and stuff like that? It was just something we weren't used to. Like it was, you can understand, like I know people obviously say Premier League, it's easy for players and they get a lot of money, but it's just 24-7. We was, it was just, for me, we weren't used to it. It was just hectic. You know what I mean? It was just straight out of training, straight to the interviews. It was just, all of a sudden, you're like a Premier League player and it's, it's just non-stop to me. It was obviously great. Do you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, I, I loved it. Um, but to be doing that day in, day out, which is, Probably what the Premier League players do. We weren't used to, it, but obviously for me to be to, to be doing it was great. Um, yeah, Sky Sports, my house, and all sorts. Yeah, madness. <laughs> so were you mentally tired before we'd even got down to Cardiff? No, no, we enjoyed it. Well, you can imagine like doing it day in day out. You know what I mean? It's it's no not no time just to turn off. To be fair, no, not, not at all. But I think if you've done that day in day out, it, it obviously it be, could become a bit boring. I think oh, I can't be asked to do this and. 
Um, but now for us, it was it was all new. Do you know what I mean? He just, you know, of course, like I never said no to an interview. I said, yeah, of course, come to my house. Yeah, it's just, and I'm glad I did. Do you know what I mean? Because looking back now, you, you sort of said you, you've done it and um, stuck like that. But um, yeah, that no, was it. Was it was unbelievable, man? It was it was crazy times, man. It was just every every everyone was getting interviewed all the time, and it was just Sky Sports and like what's happening here? This this is Millwall. So what was it? So what was it like for you being involved, Barry? Because you were obviously a young kid, in and around the, yeah, well, in and around the team, and all of a sudden you're, you're preparing for an FA Cup final after about two or three first team games. Yeah, they all they all sort of happened quite quickly because um, I think I sat in the stand for the semi final, uh, watched it from the stand, and obviously there was a massive buzz around. And we had a couple of injuries at the time. We had, obviously, Mozzie got injured and I think um, Danny Dickiel got injured. So a few key players got injured. And um, we, yeah, we got more of an opportunity in the, in the games, like leading up to the final. You know, people people obviously being injured give us a chance. And um, I just I just done all right. You know, I done okay in, in the games. And um, me and Curtis Weston sort of, we, we done okay when we came in. And, and Dennis obviously liked us. And got us in and around the squad for the final. Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess as a youngster, you probably thought, "Crust." Yeah, but does this happen all the time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a real buzz. It was really exciting to be and obviously growing up with the FA Cup and you know it, it obviously giving me a little bit more of a boost to do well when I did get a chance because I knew that we we had already got through through to the final and that was just around the corner and to be involved in that would have been unbelievable. So, you know, when I did get a chance to play, I tried, you know, give everything I could. So we get to the cup final, Robbie. And I hate to bring this up, but I've probably been closer to Cristiano Ronaldo than you. No comment. When I interviewed him. No comment. I remember that time because I think he'd obviously just come on this, that, that, that year and it was obviously only young but I remember watching him a couple of times like in, in February, March and he, all of a sudden he started to hit a bit of form I think oh my God I think I'd probably be fair to play against Arsenal because obviously Arsenal just passed the ball and Lundberg was the winger he probably wouldn't try and take you on you know what I mean so you could just keep him in front of you whereas obviously Ronaldo just run at you inside and outside um, so yeah it was uh, yeah it's it's at the time oh, it's, it's Ronaldo and to be fair I, I probably could have I remember there was a tackle after a couple of minutes where I, I probably should have went through him to be honest um, but I think if if probably if I got a yellow card up two minutes Mark Ronaldo a player who I wasn't used to playing against a player of his calibre um, I might have seen him red I suppose you know what I mean so yeah I should have probably kicked him out of two minutes and I never and uh well, it's, it's great for this. It's great for me now. It's, I'm still getting people calling me every every cup next year. Someone from Ireland probably asked me to do an interview about it, and you, Mark Ronaldo, and it's 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 a good thing to say now. Fifteen years ago, it wasn't a good thing to say, but it's okay now. <laughs> I've got over it. <laughs> yeah, well, we felt quite sorry watching you because he was just oh, he was it was just a game and a half. One, he just had probably unbelievable, wasn't it? Just whatever he tried, you. Yeah, you were just stood there watching him. Yeah, no, he's quality to be fair. You you could see then that he had all the attributes to go on. Do you know what I mean? He was he was obviously skinny at the time, but he was still tall and you knew once he filled out, he's quick, he's he can go inside, outside and, and for a winger wherever you can play anywhere, can't he? I suppose up to up the top three. Um he, he knew he was got it when he was already at Man United, when he's not man, so he can't be a bad player to be at Man United. But yeah, you know, he's um 
um, unbelievable player to be fair and I'm just glad to say I was on the same pitch as him as opposed to Markham <laughs> <laughs> because we were in that game for an awful long time weren't we it's, it took them took them what 40 odd minutes right yeah as dang, didn't it yeah, um, as I haven't, I haven't watched the game back. Um, I, don't, I never, I don't like watch myself. I've never watched myself back. Um, but yeah, we were in the 25, 40 minutes. And it was, it was, I think it was from a corner. We cleared the corner, and then I think the second cross came in, and Ronaldo got across. I don't know if it was Chopper or Wise. I can't remember. And obviously he scored. And um, City obviously they had a lot of possession and um, stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know if they, they bombarded a goalkeeper, Andy Marshall, at the time. But yeah, we let's say we were in it. But yeah. Nil nil, we could have went into nil nil at half time. You, you don't know what's going to happen in the second half. Do you get a set piece or stuff like that? And you, you nick a goal, and then all of a sudden they're under, they're under the caution. They come, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, it was. I think looking back, as Barry just said, like we, we did miss. They would have made a difference. I don't know if they would have made a difference to the result, but especially on the day, they would have made a difference and given us a, a bit more. Um, a bit more experience on the pitch. Obviously, Muscat was a big loss for us, and, and Dicchio up top. Um, Especially against Man United, he could have just sort of hit it into Dicky. I mean, he'd keep hold of fire or he'd nick free kicks, you know what I mean? Whereas without him, it was just the ball was sort of coming back and stuff like that. So it was, um, yeah, we definitely missed Dicky and, and Muscat. They were experienced at the time, and obviously Tony Warren was, was injured as well. So the boys who had played a lot of games and, and been at a lot of clubs, um, we probably missed them on the day. Obviously, we had Wise and he wasn't fully fit as well. And, um, so yeah, I'm not saying we would have beaten Man United, but I think on the day that they definitely would have made made a difference to us, to be honest. Yeah, well, I was talking to Darren Ward last week about this subject, and we decided that we only lost one nil because the second goal I think was offside, wasn't it, by a mile? Yeah, VAR would have disallowed that. That's it. And it was never a penalty in a month of Sundays. I don't care what anybody says. Um, so I, I haven't watched the back. I know you come inside me. I think Liver's got him, didn't he? But if he if he caught him or not, I don't know. But yeah, I think he could, I think Giggs come inside me. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, it was. Um, I think Boise, like I know, it's, I can understand it. Like we, I think Boise wanted to win a half time nil nil to be fair, and going in one nil down was a bit of a blow five minutes before half time. But Boise just, I think he wanted to keep it tight for for seventy minutes. Um, and then maybe maybe try and go with them if it was if it was nil nil or one nil. But obviously then one nil at half time and then they went two and three nil up. I think it sort of was. He sort of said we just just don't want to get for competing five or six nil in, in the end. But I think his plan was to sort of keep it tight with maybe 60, 65 minutes and then and then maybe change change it from there. But unfortunately, he said they got the goal just before half time, and I think. Obviously, you don't think as a player you think you got a chance of winning any game. To be honest, I didn't, I didn't go into the game thinking we we're going to lose, and, that, and that's the truth of it. Um, I suppose looking back now, you should have known we're probably going to lose. But you don't think like that as a player. No matter who you're playing, you always, you always think you can win the game. And I, we went into the game believing we could win it. But I suppose once they went one 0 up, I suppose we were probably never going to get a goal. Definitely not going to get two goals against Man United at, at the time. As I mean, you go through that team, it's, it's probably one of the best. Teams ever, ever in the Premier League at Roy Keane, Ronaldo, Vinistroy, Scholes, Giggs. Do you know what I mean? The list, the list sort of goes on. So um, yeah, well, it's, it's a great day and, and great memories. Just, just a shame. Even if we just got a goal or something, just for the fans that to celebrate would have been would have been the icing on the cake. To be fair, and obviously well, the icing on the cake would have been to win the game. But if we weren't going to win, I suppose it would it would have been nice to get to get a goal for the fans. I think just to just see them celebrating at an FA Cup final. And then predictably, 
uh, you got hooked and uh, Barry, you came on. So what was that like to get on in the FA Cup final? Yeah, it was it was amazing. To, um, obviously, I, I don't know how many people I had over from Ireland. It was, I think it was about 20, 20 odd come over for the game. Um, and then just to get on, it was it was all a bit of a blur, really. Though you know, the, the day went so quickly, and, it was, and the game itself was a blur. I can't couldn't even remember. As Robbie said, I don't, I didn't really watch it back until recently. And my little boy wanted to wanted to see the game, and uh, I put it on from it. And I, I never realised I touched the ball so much. I thought I never even touched it in the game while I was on. But I, it, when you watch it back, you see see it a little bit differently. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was all a bit of a blur, and I think the game was over as Robbie said at two 0 I came on at two, I think we were two 0 down, and the game was over then. So it was, it was just more of trying to get on and enjoy it, um, try and get a few touches, and, and it, you know it, just just to enjoy the experience. Uh, so yeah, you've come on, yeah, you've seen it recently. Yeah, do you agree? Yeah, one goal was offside, and the other goal definitely wasn't a penalty. So we only lost one. I didn't really pass my jade of it. I was just trying to trying to pick myself out on the pitch because he was just looking to see where I was because he couldn't recognise me. Skinny, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, nah, I, I, I didn't even look to be honest. I was, it was only a brief thing. I don't, I don't, I don't like watching watching myself back. Um, I just, I, I didn't really want to watch it anyway. But I just, he, he wanted to see it, so I showed him it. So. Yeah, was something. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah, but Dennis Wise, he, he took us to an Italian fitness camp, didn't he? Was that in the build-up to that game? I I can't remember. I don't think so. I can't remember I any. Think, um, no, I think I think Wise, you went, didn't you? This one, of the lads probably come on and say, yeah, we went to Italy. I can't, I can't even remember. Um, I think, I think as Wise, was injured. I'm sure Wise, you went over to see an Italian. Um, Coach for, for a few days to get myself fit. I think the, the rumours. Hello, Robbie. You right. The rumour was that he wanted he was coming in injured, and he wanted so badly to play in that FA Cup final that he paid him he paid for himself to go to an intensive um, training camp in Italy the week before um, the FA Cup final, so that he was guaranteed to that he could play at least some of the game. Um, at the final obviously yeah. rumours are rumours I don't know how true they are or not whether or not he disappeared for the week before the FA Cup and left it to Ray I don't know but that's what the rumour is I think he did I think he did go no you said I think he did go to Italy to be fair and, um, I suppose if, well, I don't know if it's um, if he's trying to get fit I suppose it's, it's what you're trying to do don't you, I suppose um, so yeah I, I, I do think he went did, and didn't try out a few days I think we went down to Cardiff I'm not sure if he was there on the first day of Cardiff um, I think we went down to Cardiff probably four or five days before just to train and just to just to be down there and, and, and soak up the atmosphere and, and go to the stadium, etc. So I think he might have missed a, a day or two of that, um, get himself treatment over the broad. So yeah, I think he was obviously, I think obviously if he didn't go there, he was definitely out and obviously going there, maybe maybe give him a chance of, of getting on the pitch and, and starting instead of how fit he was. So then watch the game back. Um but we probably needed, as I said, we, we lacked experience and, and obviously Dennis was, was was very experienced. We, we probably needed him on the day, to be honest. Um, it would have been nice, as I said, to have, to have the other boys like Dickie on that um, to help us out. But yeah, I think he did go deeply, to be fair. I'm pretty sure he did, to be fair. Because he used some pretty unorthodox training methods, did our Dennis, didn't he? Yeah, well, I know that yeah, well, he used to introduce boxing. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I've got to ask you about this about uh, you boxing Kevin Braniff, who apparently was a bit handy. He bashed me, man. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'd love to come in here and say I bashed him. I, I got boxing, I got boxing training there once a week, so the next time I see him, I'm gonna fucking kill him. <laughs> it's payback time, man. I've been, I've been training for the last five years just, just to get him back. So, um, yeah, no, we, we went to, um, I think it was Frank Warren's gym down the old Kemp Road at the time. And um, I fucking, I mean, I, I never tried to punch. I just, and we got in the ring and um, just fucking start trying punches. I'm like, man, it's like, like, just, just like, don't do that in reads. You know I mean, he just, just kept hitting me. I just, my head just kept going like that. Like, you all right there? I just, I wouldn't throw punches. And I don't know why. I don't know. Sometimes I'm a, I'm a bit, oh, sorry, I just got a charger. Um, Sometimes I'm a bit stupid. I just, just kept, I just kept letting fucking hit me. I was just like laughing. <laughs> then I come back and he punched me again. So like, you all right there? I said yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never, I barely threw a punch back at him. And yeah, the boys, the boys hammered me. He said he's just fucking destroyed you. But he's from, he's from Northern Ireland, so it's um, all them, all them boys are quite handy because they used a bit of trouble up there. Do you know what I mean? So it's um, but yeah, none of the boys sort of expected because obviously I'm a, I'm a defender or whatever, and they think yeah, Robbie's gonna bash you. He fucking, he bashed me. <laughs> Yeah, well, I heard that you were almost asleep with one punk standing up, weren't you? No, it was grand. I was just playing, just playing along, mate. You know what I mean? I was just so he never, he never put me down. I just, I just kept honestly. If he probably hit me fifty times, and I just kept walking forward. He's like, "You're right, yeah, yeah." Bang, punch again. I'm like, "Fuck, just leave me alone." But he just kept punching me. But I never went on the deck. But yeah, probably should have done and taken the count or something. But um, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that training. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, but did you get involved in this boxing, Barry? No, no, I didn't. I didn't get involved. I wasn't there at the time, but um, I heard all about it. <laughs> yeah, that was some relief because <laughs> because it yeah. sounds yeah. From what I've been told, it sounded fairly brutal. There were no witnesses taken. I'm the witness to that. I was brutal. I wish I was injured. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, you're one of the yeah. Well, obviously yeah. Well, when we go back to the cup final, that was your last game for us. Yeah, yeah. I said, like Barry obviously said, it, it was a blur, and it's obviously it's probably it's a blur for me now. To be fair, it's been it's been fifteen years or whatever it is. But I actually I took it all in because before games I used to get um used to get nervous, like like all players, and sort of just go in the zone and and, and not take that in and just you know what I mean. Don't look for my parents in the crowd or don't don't just just get your head down, put your music on, and then go and play a game. But I thought to myself, you know what? It's my last game at Millwall. It's an FA Cup, so I'm going to take it all in. So I remember driving through. Cardiff City Centre and usually I wouldn't even look out the windows do you know what I mean I just think I'm not looking out just just do your own thing that, that's the way I dealt with playing football but in Cardiff I was looking out the window and just took it just took it all in and even walking out the stadium before the game I'm looking for me parents and I'm looking for me friends and it was um, so even walking out like before the game I'm looking around and just just took it all in to be fair it was, it was an unbelievable way to to, to leave Millwall, um, as I said, fr- from an FA Cup final. Um, I was obviously good I was leaving. Um, but it, it was what it was. And it's, not, it's not a bad last game to, to walk away from. So when was the decision taken that you were going to leave? Um, I said, why is you, why is you, well, why is you coming in September? Um, well, I'm not sure when you, after, I don't really know, to be honest. Um after a couple of months, boys, you got me a one-year deal. Him and Brian, I said, "Listen, mate, this is this is the way it is." I've been offered exactly the same money from 
from three years ago when I got told it's not a championship contract. I said, no, we, we nearly made the Premier League and they still have me. And, and both of them said, oh, we didn't know that. Don't worry. We'll go back to the chairman. We'll definitely get you more money. So I walked out there to, to bring me father. I said, oh, sweet damn, I'm staying. Like, I'm, I'm sorted. And then he come back and goes, no, the chairman said, take it or leave it. And I sort of said, well, give me a two-year do whatever. We've sort of gone around and um, he goes, listen, the chairman's not budging. So I said, oh, fair enough. So, but I just kept, I still was playing me games and playing week in, week out. But all of a sudden, I think come sort of January, February, nothing had been sorted. Well, I wasn't, I'm not saying it, I wasn't looking for clubs. I didn't, I don't really remember really my dad's at Ringer Age. And I don't, I must have obviously spoke to him, but I don't think I was on his back to see if he got me any clubs. And he said a couple of clubs were interested and I sort of left it at that. And then all of a sudden, Dennis started taking me off in games. So I knew the, the writing was on the wall. But even going into the FA Cup final, I was still thinking, do you know what? They haven't signed the left back. I haven't heard if they signed the left back. They might just, the chairman might just say, do you know what, Rob? There's a two-year deal and the same money, or there's a one-year deal. I even said to Dennis, listen, give me the same money, just pay me on appearances. I said, so if I don't play in the first team, I don't get extra money. If I play in the first team, it increases my wages, which I'm deservedly of, because obviously I'm in the first team. And um, so I went to the FA Cup final, even still thinking, do you know what? There might be there might be a change. The club might say, you know what? I, I think I, I had a few drinks that night, and I, I think I might pull the chairman myself. I said, what's happening? And he just sort of said, speak to Wisey. Um, and, and, and that was sort of it. And even during the summer, I had no clubs to go to. I said, I joined Bristol Rovers during pre-season, so I had no club to go to. And I was, I was going to ring Dennis to go into training with Millwall when they were back, but I was just thought, oh, I can't really do that. And I, he probably wouldn't let me go, but I just didn't want to sort of, I've, I've refused the one-year contract. And I, didn't want, I didn't want to give him the joy of saying, well, fuck you, I, I told you you should have signed it. So I didn't ring him. Um, so I didn't have a club. So I was always just thinking, there's a 2% chance I might get a phone call at Millwall and say, well, do you know what? We've increased your wages or we've given you a two-year deal. Um, so I obviously knew I was leaving, but no word of a lie, I still thought there's still a tiny chance that it, it, it might change after the game or during the summer or something. Um, and Unfortunately, it never did, to be honest. So you must be one of the only players in the history of football that's played in an FA Cup final and has been virtually unemployed straight afterwards. Pro- yeah, probably, yeah. To be fair, it was... Um, yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't nice. Obviously, you, I've come over to England to, to play football. And I, I, I love Millwall. That's not me just saying it to you. Or, um, I loved it the best, best time of my life and, and the best seven years of my, my life, to be honest. And it, it just it just worked. Do you know what I mean? The, the fans were great to me and um, I had my best time there as a player. It, it just worked. And I, I was good at leaving and I, and I really was. And I just, well, it was just principle. I just had to, I couldn't. I couldn't take another. All, every other player had, had a pay increase within those three years, probably two or three times, and I didn't have one. And yet, yeah, I was Barry said I was I was playing week in week out. I, was, I know I know I wasn't worth a million pounds. I wasn't a Tim Cahill, but now I was I was always worth more than what I was on. And, and it just become principle as a part. It wasn't about the money. It was about it was about principle. To be honest, and I was getting taken off in games. I thought, well, if I stay here and sign a one year deal, they're obviously. The money they're offering me, they obviously don't, they obviously have a, someone else in mind. I'm, not, I'm going to be stuck in the reserves, which which I didn't want to do. I was 27 or 28 years old. That wasn't what I wanted to do, to be fair. So, unfortunately, um, yeah, just worked out. And I, I had to move on, unfortunately. As I, said, but I always thought there was always a glimmer of hope that I'd get that exit contract, but it, it just never materialised. You was see how hard work to deal with? I'm not, like, I was just, as I said, when, like, when Mark McGee told me I could leave, I just... Um, I just sort of, I don't know, just didn't do anything about it. And when he said, you're not getting a contract, I didn't, 
I didn't pull Tio. I didn't. I spoke to Woyzy a couple of times. And Woyzy, listen, chairman's not budging, so I left it. Um, and just thought things would work out. And and even to my agent, I said I've, I spoke to him probably once or twice in, in a couple of months. Whereas I probably should be ringing him every day to be honest, because it's it's my life, and I, I know I didn't want to leave me a while, but they were letting me go, so I, I probably had to fucking go get a club. So I should have probably done more work than what I'd done. And I didn't pull Tio until the FA Cup final. Um, I was probably quite shy or naive or whatever it was. And, um, didn't want confrontation but I probably should have done it early and I, I would have known 100% that, that there was nothing going to be on the table for me but I said I pulled Theo and he said me speak to Wise and I spoke to Wise and he said speak to Theo so um, it was what it was someone was lying and um, yeah we got let go and, and, and that's it Vicious circle because yeah well Barry yeah well then the following season I know we've just touched upon it we had two games against Fer and Varosh and uh, you, I think you came on as a sub in both didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I came on as a sub in both. Yeah, I was. I started the next season involved, more involved in obviously in and around the first team. And um, yeah, came on at half time in the first first leg um, uh, for Jody Morris. I think got injured. I came on at half time, and then I, I came on for about 15, 20 minutes or something. The, the, the away one. So, what was it like to play in Europe? Yeah, it was. It was. Brilliant because obviously it was so new for the club and it was again it was all excitement around the game. Um, the games were televised, so obviously it was it was obviously good good games to be involved in and, and just just something new again for the club and and just to get in and around it as a young player, you know, coming through it was my first sort of first full season like in and around the first team and playing a bit more regularly. Um, it was great experience, and and the away the away leg was such a hostile atmosphere. Um, I remember warming up, uh, running down. You have to be, you had to duck as you were because we got warmed up behind the goal. So as you came from the dugout, we had to go down the side of the pitch, and we we're just getting pelted with coins and everything. And you know, it was just 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 that whole atmosphere. But you didn't mind. It was part of it. Going out there, going to Hungary it was you know something completely different and a different place, you know, you know different atmosphere to play, and it was great. It was probably actually quite a good job that the second leg was away, because if because if the first leg had been away and all of that had have happened, Christ knows what would have happened back here. Yeah, I'd never seen the Millwall fans so quiet though. I must admit, when I went when they um when you go out, if you see the the Hungarians and the security around the ground, you didn't want to mess with any of them. And I think Millwall just you know even even the Millwall fans didn't want to get involved too much with them. It, it was very, very hostile. I think, you know, some of the, some of the people around the ground, you wouldn't want to mess with them. Because you, you stayed, I think, at the club for, what, two or three more years after that, didn't you? And didn't ever really settle down into the first team. Is, I, think, yeah, yeah, I think that's quite fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, I never I never really broke through properly, if I'm being honest. Um, I got injured in the September of, that so towards the end of September when I was involved, I got injured, had a back injury, and I, I didn't play again all that season. I was sort of came back, broke down, and then you know was out injured again. I, I didn't play at all that season, and then the next season, um, Dennis had left, um, so he was sort of the one who, who was giving me an opportunity. He had left, and Theo, Theo, the chairman had left, and it was all change. You know, it, it new new chairman come in. Um, it was that sort of time when Millwall went through a lot of changes and ended up getting relegated. Um, so yeah, it was it was just a 
big change in the club. Uh, a lot of the players left. Um, it was it was just one of them times when it was transition period. And but as I said, Dennis's last season getting injured really killed me. Really, because that was the time when I was getting in and sort of breaking through and and having that. I must have missed what eight months or something, and, and that was, that was really really like tough time at the time. Yeah, because you were on the verge of the first team, so that must have been absolutely devastating for you. Yeah, because it was a sort of an injury that didn't really. It was a, it was a back injury, and I didn't. It took a while to get diagnosed. I had a, a stress fracture in my back, and I, as I say, I kept come trying to come back and play and just keep breaking down because I wanted to get back and play, but I just. Every time I played, I was I was struggling, and then I'll be out again for a few more games, resting again, and then coming back and resting again, and then when it finally got uh, diagnosed what it was, and then I, I obviously was told I couldn't play for a little while, and then it, that the season was over. So it was a really frustrating sort of time. And then, how did your move come about? Because I think you went to Barnet, didn't you, from Millwall? Yeah, I went to Barnet. It was that. Uh, I think it was the it was the year we got relegated. We went down to League One, um, and it was that summer. Sort of, I was by the agent at the time was sort of speaking to the different people, and sort of the new manager was coming in was Nigel Spackman, and he he I wasn't really going to be in his plans. Apparently, um, he did sign I think seventeen new players um, in the, thousand players, didn't he that summer? Seventeen, 17 new signings. Um, you yeah, I knew my game time would be limited. Um, and in in the preseason, didn't play a lot. Uh, played bits and pieces, and then off the start of the season, I was you know in the stand, and I just needed. I need at that day. I was thinking I was twenty one then, I was twenty two, and I just needed to start playing. Um, so Barnum was a great opportunity. Uh, so it, it was just just sort of came about like that. I just wanted to get out and play games. Um, I still had a year at Millwall, but I just want I just wanted to go and try and try and test myself. Um, in you know, playing proper games, proper football, and then I think you had a season at Gillingham, didn't you? Uh, you'll have to ban it, and um, and then you dropped into non-league football for quite a long time. Yeah, I, I went to Barnet, done okay, done okay for Barnet. Played the full season, I think played forty-five games or something. Signed for Gillingham, thought oh that'd be you know stepping back up into League One again. Um, thought it was a step up. But it was just it was a, again. I joined the manager got uh, got sacked after I think six weeks. Um, new manager come in, new ideas. You know, wanted wanted to change the squad. Uh, got a few. To be fair, I had, I had a chance. Just didn't play well. I had a bad season. I, was, I think the move up. I was excited about moving back to you because it was close to where I lived, and I, I think I put a bit of pressure on myself. And I, I just didn't play well. You know, it was down to me really. And I had a bad season, and I fell out. Fell out of it. I went went on loan in non-league and ended up staying there. And yeah, well, I think you found a job outside the game. Were you working for the underground to start off with? I did. Yeah, well, I played non-league full-time non-league for a couple of years. Um, played with Greys, and then I went to Crawley, and then and then I sort of I got married, and I sort of just sort of knew I wasn't really ever going to get to a level that you know was going to be secure I needed to think about other things um I left I left I left Crawley and decided to go part-time so I went part-time and then started getting work looking for work and I, w- I worked on the underground for a little bit um I, I done a couple of years there and then I started working with my father-in-law um so 
yeah, just it would just come at a time where you're playing non-league and you you know you, you're earning a certain amount of money, but then you, you get to an age where you think you got to sort of make a decision. Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't never, I wasn't gonna I didn't see myself going back up into up the leagues, and I was sort of become a bit stagnant where I was. You know, it was um, it was probably my level at the time, and I enjoyed it, but I needed to make a decision, and, and I think it was probably the best thing I done. Yeah, there aren't too many players that you're in, you're in non-league football that have got an FA Cup runners at medal, Ireland under-21 caps and have played in Europe. So you didn't do too bad for a little while, did you? Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed non-league. I played well. I think I've I done quite well. It was just, it's hard to get back up when you've come when you've come down. It's not always easy to, to uh, you know, get back up. I wasn't a goal scorer, which... Probably you know, I was attacking midfielder who didn't score enough goals, and I think to get back up the leagues, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be certain certain type of player. You've got to have something that's gonna stand out, you know, and 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 you know get get you people looking at you and talking about you. Um, so I've done fine. I played played. I enjoyed it. Um, just it just probably as as the player I was, just didn't score enough goals to to really you know take go play at a better level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Robbie, and yeah, but you're still working for London Underground, of course. Yeah, I haven't got a fight in that like um, like Barry's, so I, I had to stay in the underground. <laughs> so yeah, what exactly yeah. that you do? Um, I do cable, so it's like night. I work permanent nights, so it's um, so like depots are discharged. Like so if someone wants to walk in a depot, which is obviously live, so I, I'd knock the the current off so someone can walk in there. Um, but we I do cable, so I put like power to the track. So it's um we obviously power the track so the trains can run on it. So it's yeah, I've been there I think it's thirteen years now and same um, as I said, like like Barry said, I, I was I was never full time um non league, but I played part time non league and obviously earned a little bit of money that way and the job I got offered the interview at London Underground and um I had I had a decision to make. I, I probably could have tried to keep going with football, but I was think I was thirty at the time and I'd probably fallen out of love with football a little bit and I made the decision to go part-time and then once I got an interview in London Underground I said it's the, it's the best thing I've ever done because I, I could have tried to get back and maybe got a club in league too but at 30 years old it's it's only going to last a couple of years and then what am I going to do? So lucky enough I went part-time football a couple of years and, and got a permanent job in London Underground and, and I love it to be honest I've been there I think it's 13, 13 14 years I've been promoted now um, a good set of lads and, and I, I love my job to be fair and I'm happy and um, it's it come at the right time to be honest So what was it like going for a job interview after two or three years after playing in an FA Cup final? It was a bit scary because obviously I'd never been in an interview before my mate who got me the interview said listen so it won't be too bad. I've told a bloke like you've played football and you've never had an interview before, so he won't go too bad. And he said, "But just, just make sure you don't, just make sure you don't swear." So um, that was quite hard, not, not not to swear to be honest. But yeah, the interview was fine, and then I got called back. I, I had to do a couple of tests, and um, yeah, said so lucky enough I got the job. And as I said, now it's um, it's grand. I love it. It's night time, but it's it's seven hour shifts. You know what I mean? So it's not all nights where it's not like twelve hour shifts or whatever. So I've still got. The day time to myself to to do what I've got to do or whatever. So it's um yeah I love it. As I said it, it just come at the right time and there was a, a decision to be made and, and lucky enough I made the right decision. Yeah, no, well, I know. Yeah, but I think that's quite an appropriate place to wrap it up. I know that you're working tonight. 
I am indeed, yes. Someone's got to go to work. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. Hopefully it's not too bad. And I think you've only got about 25 minutes until you have to leave. Yeah, quick shower, um, a bit of cereal, I'll be fine. So I'd like to thank you for joining us. And I'd like to thank Barry as well. Yeah, for making us reliving what was a fantastic time for everybody down at Millwall. Yeah, no, thank you. It's great memories, to be fair. As I said, every year there was something on us, so it was a great time, mate, and thanks for asking us to come on. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.